2: Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast for an independent publishing company that explores the world of self publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke Condor, and that's Condor with a K, and I'm joined by my regular co host, Daniel Wilcox. Hi, guys. How's it going, man? You alright?
3: Not bad, buddy. How
2: are you? Yes, yes, very good. Uh, what What are you working on right this second?
3: right this second i'm yeah. working on uh, the story studio podcast um and just you know having <laughs> a chat with with my good buddy luke uh I'm doing <laughs> no <as> well. i <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. this gets so better yeah. um so at the minute i am working on the uh, short story that we're accompanying with our launch of lazarus um which we finally got a date booked in we're, we're getting all that ready to go we're looking at the launch plan which is all very exciting um
2: art readers as well they've got the book now it's in the hands of,
3: I think, about thirty to forty people, which is quite cool um, to get some feedback. But yeah, it's cool because that was—it's probably—it's just over a year ago now, isn't it, that we actually put the idea of writing a
2: book together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: and rolling ahead with that, and and this is kind of the second half of that alongside they rot and they remain, which is been really an
2: interesting experiment. It's been very interesting yeah. to see how it was, how it's sort of come about, and um, has it gone? In your mind, has it gone how you thought it would? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Mm. I did think we'd... I did kind of think Lazarus would be like a series book, but I mean, and it still might be, uh, but it doesn't have to be now. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I've I've developed as a writer so much. It's unbelievable. Mm. Like, just the fact that, like... So I'm currently writing the third rock book, and... Like, there's, the, there's this bits where, as you're writing, you can feel that self-doubt sort of catching up with you. And, like, now I know... I've, so, this is my fifth first draft I've done of, a, of a new novel. And mm. it's always in the first draft when you're sort of writing. And if you slow down and start reading too much and start thinking too much about what you're doing, that's the point at which you start to, like, become to a dead stop And, like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what i doing. So, I sort of... I, I understand... I think I'm more comfortable with the rhythm of a novel writing process. The process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um,
3: Yeah. I think accountability has been a huge thing as well, just because I think if I was doing it solo, I probably would have, you know, cracked on and got books done, but it wouldn't have been sort of with the pace that we've got now. Um, I think in general, the whole momentum started quite slowly, but it's definitely seemed to have picked up now. And I mean, we're looking at our third novel release of, of this year with potentially a few more by the end of the year. So
2: yeah. Again, again, it's um. So it does seem like a lot's coming out now. But I think if you think about like last year, the first sort of six months to eight months was a lot of planting seeds and like <laughs> just using the farming sort of. You like you spend a lot of time growing the crops, and then now it seems like we're harvesting a lot. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. yeah so I uh, so I'm writing the giveaway short story for all of our mailing lists for Lazarus, which I'm quite enjoying actually because um been a while since i've actually written a short story outside of the other stories where it's a bit more free because yeah. the other stories we have our 2000 word limit and we write the story to the theme and you know there's kind of a general shape to those yeah whereas i, I feel like I'm, ha- I'm having a bit more of a i don't know just putting a bit more creativity into it having a bit more fun just playing around with it yeah
4: um,
3: and just playing a bit more with the world of lazarus in a different angle which is always quite nice
2: yeah yeah mm. yeah how about you was uh, like I said the the third rock book. Yep. That's that's pretty much just taking up my entire sort of consciousness at the minute. Um <laughs> but yeah, so people might have noticed that the format's are a little bit different. We're we're we are gonna interview our guests, uh, but we thought we'd do this sort of stuff first, because we do it every week anyway, and we feel like we're wasting our <laughs> guest time a little bit. Um and then we'll, and then we'll go into the, the guest segment next. So um yeah. So what what's your big whoop? Oh yeah. Um I yeah so okay so the big one so I for the past couple of weeks or something I've had this thing on me about wanting to make a film so I, I, I used to make films that's that's what pretty much what got me into writing in general and um, I've not met anything for like 18 months and then I put a tweet out to say hey would anybody would any directors or producers be interested in working on uh, a film based on the other stories like an episode or anything like that and I got a lot of people interested like good directors, people who are making stuff for TV and yeah. and um you know winning awards all over the world and stuff. So I think a big whoop is just if I did that five years ago, no, no one would give it, no no one would care. So it's good yeah. to see that sort of now we sort of built up that kind of goodwill, that clout yeah, yeah. that we can just put a tweet out and, and sort of get interest and get something made. So you know, no no guarantees, but something might happen at some point.
3: Yeah, it's it's just really exciting. It just sounds like. I don't know, you, it's because we've been talking a lot about crossing media and using sort of um, the stuff that we've been creating and harnessing that in different ways, using different media, different um, sort of translations into genres and stuff. And I think I think it's just a good way to go. And I think it's a good lesson for people listening. Maybe if you've got a short story, if you've got a novel out there that it doesn't have to just sit on the shelf by itself. But even if it's down the traditional routes of audio books or yeah. if like us, you want to turn them into something else like film and that, but. Yeah, it's kind of um exciting to hear that people are coming back and, and having a bit of a, a think about or co- at least yeah. considering the idea of, of making it happen.
2: <laughs> well, I have some meetings booked now with people to talk about it. So oh, yeah. Yeah, again, no guarantees, but, you know, it would be It's that kind awesome. of industry, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah, yeah,
3: it's just getting the ball rolling first. And even you can make a film and then it can never air. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Um, I think right now MI- it's
2: just putting the intentions out and then seeing mm. what, what comes back. But yeah, what's your big work? Uh, my big whoop um, comes a little bit back to uh,
3: the Lazarus short that I'm writing at the minute which is just short stories in general um, because it's one of those things that I tend to or I seem to have forgotten about a bit because the last year has been a lot of concentration on novels themselves Um, the short stories can actually be incredibly rewarding and Mm. you can do so much with them so um, the reason I got into writing and I'm sure I've mentioned this before was a collection of Stephen King short stories called Everything's Eventual and I remember not having read short stories before and just being blown away by how different each one was, how how they still pulled you in, even though it's just short snippets. Um, and I recently got round to reading The Dog Eaters by Nick Cole, who's a previous guest on the show, um, which is set within his wasteland universe. And again, it's only about, I think it's no more than 10,000 words, so it's quite a quick read. But it's so poetic and it's so just beautifully describing a post-apocalyptic landscape and not a lot happens it's got that feel of the road to it but with a bit more poeticism which is nice yeah Um, yeah. so yeah it's it's short stories and just um putting you if you ever need sort of a a creative because i've been in a bit bit of a creative funk and looking at short stories and just sort of injecting a bit of creativity out there's always a good way to go and and get out of that
2: yeah I i love short stories i think I prefer it like I think I told cat once like if I was unable to do anything else I think I'd still write short stories like that would mm. be the thing there because you can just experiment and it's like it's like an artist's sketchbook and yeah uh, and like there could be like 200 words or there could be 10,000 words you can do literally whatever you want with them. so yeah I love short stories yeah, yeah one that has stuck with me very recently I've just started reading Stephen King's Night Shift right, so good I, I love that book I
3: band. believe I believe the story is called The Midnight Surf.
2: That's based that's the um, the what's it called? That's one, set right? in the world of the stand. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah, read yeah. the stand but I have read that and, I only found yeah, it afterwards.
3: Yeah. But it's yeah, it's I I expect a lot of gore and a lot of action from Stephen King. Maybe not all the time, some of his stuff is more psychological, but it that story itself is just fun and just beautiful and just dark and depressing at the same time. And there's not a lot to it, but it just stuck with me. It's just if you if you ever need to just step in and out and try a different style or just Yeah look at something different. It's just a good
2: way to go. That book's great because it's got some of those more poetic, lovely stories, but then it's also got, like, fun... Some weird <laughs> crazy, ones. Crazy, yeah. Oh, The, the Lawnmower Man, which apparently the film was based on, which it isn't. Like I don't know if no? you've seen the Lawnmower Man film, but read the short story. It's it's like a fever dream. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> but uh, I, I love that kind of... I, that's one of my favourite books I think I've read this year and, and probably one of my favourite books ever now. Wow, big statement yeah, yeah yeah read it folks yeah okay so let's uh i think we're about ready so I think we're all warmed up lubricated mentally <laughs> <laughs> should we crack on with the interview over to jay they say you should never judge a book by its cover but if i'm not mistaken that's exactly what a book cover is for so how does an author create a book cover that acts as a window to the world, to the story you've told in your book? Well, I mean you could get a kick-ass book designer like today's guest, J. Caleb Clark of J. Caleb Design. How's it going, man?
4: Hey man. How y'all doing?
2: <laughs> so uh do you wanna tell us what are you currently geeking out about?
4: Uh in terms of book cover design, it's gonna be well, fantasy... anyf- anything. So oh, like anything uh, yeah, anything in outside the world. Of that, yeah. Yeah uh all the uh all the movie trailers that were released uh this past week from the oh comic con yeah. you know the um, oh yes the new Thor trailer the ready player one trailer uh all those movies that are coming out here in the next year or so I'm I'm pretty pumped about
2: I'm still kind of a I really want to see the infinity war trailer I've seen, I've seen yeah. I saw a bit of a leak and I was like just wait <laughs> I that's,
4: that yet. that's it. That's it. I I I got I've got to watch Civil War with uh with the uh, the Captain America and, I, and then I want to watch the the trailer. Then I don't want to get anything spoiled, so I'm just you know, I'm, I'm yeah, trying to avoid yeah. it as best as I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I found that the most bizarre
3: spoiler as well because I had a friend tag me into it and it was basically the really shaky cam footage that yeah. someone had caught inside of like three quarters of the screen at an angle. But yeah. then beneath it, someone had written like step by step what happens in the trailer. And I was like, I've never seen that before where <laughs> yeah. that's the first bit of information. And I just I've I've ignored it for now. I want to see it in, in high quality. But it's yeah. exciting. What's what's been your favorite trailer to come out of it then?
4: Uh Blade Runner has been my that's been the movie yeah. that I'm the most excited for. Uh I I really like the dark gritty sci fi cyberpunk kind of stuff. Yeah. And so um I'm I'm looking forward to to that one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: Are you a big um, fan in of the October this year? Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> cool.
2: Okay, man. So, I mean, do you want to give our listeners like a a little bit of a flavor of who you are, what you do, where you come from, and that kind of thing?
4: Yeah, sure. I'm I'm uh, on the east coast of, of the U.S. and um, I've been doing book covers for about five or six years, and that's uh, that business has kind of went from having four or five covers a year to where I'll probably close to be 150 at wow. the end of this year. And so um, I'm actually in the process right now of, of quitting my daytime job to be a, a full com- full-time freelance artist who just focuses on uh, book cover design oh, um, cool. I've got yeah that's yeah cool. That's uh, very cool I've got uh, two three-year-old daughters and a beautiful wife and um, you know we live out here in the country uh pretty much you can't see any neighbors uh, where I live. Yeah. Uh, there's there's nobody around us um, you can hear them sometimes when they're shooting their guns and stuff in their backyard <laughs> but yeah. uh, but other than that you know there's no there's no contact it's it's kind of quiet and remote and, and uh, that's pretty much it so that sounds ideal
2: for like just sort of getting into your work and um, mm. losing yourself in the cover how long does it normally take you to do one cover
4: uh it depends uh on on the direction I go usually anywhere from a little as three hours to 10 15 16 hours Something like that just depending wow. on yeah. on what what's going on and what i've got to put into it and all the all the moving pieces yeah. to and,
2: it and um, is this something every, sorry is this something you wanted to do like you know when you first started design or is like there's another aspect you were initially interested in
4: uh really i started i when i was in high school uh drawing comic figures and that kind of stuff i always love fantasy um but I, the only thing i can think of to make money as an artist was graphic design so i went into that in college and about my sophomore year of college, I saw a book cover at a Barnes and Noble bookstore. And I was like, I want, I want to buy this cover, buy this book because of the art. And that really got my wheels to turning about book cover design. And I told the girl I was dating dating at the time that, uh, that I wanted to do that. And then I just kind of dropped it. And I graduated college and went into a small print shop where I've worked for about 10 years. And I didn't pick up any book covers or, or pursue it for five years and then I just kind of fell into it around around, about five or six years ago and it kind of just sprouted out from there to you know to where i'm at now so yeah see i find it really interesting because you've even said it then one of the points that um
3: i wanted to come on was about how everyone says you should never judge a book by its cover no matter from like how young you are never judge a book by its cover but obviously that's something that is absolute bullshit because if you don't have a good cover, people aren't going to pick up your book. And you said it yourself. Then you picked up this book because its cover was beautiful. But how do you feel? How important do you feel, in general, a cover is to the book? And how can a
4: style apply to a genre and really grab the right reader? Uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing because you know, depending on the genre, you can get away with certain things, uh, and you can you can do different things within each genre. But really, you. At the basis of it, you need a solid cover. a, a, a good book cover might not sell uh, your book, but a bad cover will turn off people from buying your book. If it looks, you know, there in my mind, there's a there's a bar that probably changes from cover to cover, genre to genre. There's a bar that once you pass that bar in in cover design, you can pretty much your book's gonna sell it's gonna look okay. It's gonna get by that kind of stuff. The better the looking it is, the the more chances it's gonna be picked up. But you know, there's a level of where people are going to see it and go, that looks amateur, um, wow. and uh, and and they're going to just click right by it because we're visual people. I mean, in face, on Facebook, you know, you scroll down on your phone real fast, and you, and you, and images catch your eye, and you'll scroll back and stop at it. And we do the same thing, you know, on Amazon or wherever we are looking for books, unless we've been told to go check out this one certain book, and we and, we, and we're going to bypass the cover anyway. Yeah, if yeah. you're just browsing. You know, you're a visual, we're visual people. Um, so we're going to automatically just disregard covers left and right. Just even if we, even if people say they don't do it, yeah. um, but they, they, they do it, you know.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when, if I go to a book and the cover is, uh, let's say, not, not, not re- reaching a bar, I just won't read it. I just can't, if there's not that much effort, or if, it's not so much an effort thing, I think it's like a, a taste. If, there's, if that taste level hasn't been reached, I'm, I just can't. I'm, I'm, There's so many good books out there with good book covers that, I would just always automatically go to those. But, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, um, where like do you, where are your big inspirations coming from? Where do you look at other books in the genre and sort of base your designs on on those, or are you um sketching your own initial ideas and trying to make them fit the genre? How how does that side of it work?
4: Um, again, it's kind of the case by case, and and depending on where the author wants to go with it. One of the things I always talk about. Is there's two types of book covers you can go with. You can either go with a cover that that fits your genre, that looks like all the other covers uh, in your genre, um, that you know that'll just you know immediately tell a reader what they're about to get into, or you can pick a cover that's going to go against the grain of your genre, that will you know possibly let your cover stand out, but could possibly let people skip over it because they don't understand you know that that cover relates to you know your your genre you know so there's yeah. that's my two lines of thought so it's really a case-by-case basis I, I deal with a lot of self-published authors and they usually want a cover that's going to be within their genre and yeah. so from there i just try to make it I'm, i try to make it stand out in some form or fashion i really try yeah. to key on you know dynamic shots or Do you put like you know, a, unique a pixel
2: looking... pixel sized thing of your face just in there just to get like a little <laughs> bit of <laughs> a little bit of your originality <laughs> in there
4: my my dad tells me to do that all the time. Like every every cover I do, he's like, "You're in there somewhere, right? You've got your name hidden in that cover somewhere, right?"
2: Yeah, it's all
3: subliminal because you do have a very distinct style. I was saying to him, um, Luke. I mean, I came across you. It was on the twenty books of fifty k um, Facebook group, wasn't it? That you you keep popping up and, and posting um, your website. And when I first went on there, it's you've got a very distinct style. Like no no two of your book covers look alike but they all look like they fit one person which is obviously you how long did it take to develop sort of a style to have your your own angle to to book covers
4: uh it's kind of hard to uh, explain i guess um or it's hard for me to think about it because for me it's been a gradual thing from you know my initial covers to to where i'm at now but I, when I first started doing book covers, I I did places like you know the crowdsourcing websites and mm. 99designs and that kind of stuff, you know. Which I see now the the detrimental effect they have with the design community. So I don't I don't fool with them anymore. But mm. um, I, uh, I there it was you know it was competition, and so you had to make your cover stand out. It had to have some sort of hook or some sort of it had, it had to be a step above everybody else. So you're always kind of pushing yourself. And I, and, and and you know I think even though I don't go to those sites anymore um i think that they uh that it, it helped mold me and shape me and, mm-hmm. and give me a, a different angle than i originally started with and i think that's carried on you know four years after i've I've quit you know being at those sites um and so i would really uh just always try to push my push it to a limit where the author has something nobody else has yeah. um, you know yeah. even if even if it's going to be one that sticks with the genre you know you've got to cover that doesn't look like it's just a, a regular where you could take that title off and put another title in it and it would fit with another author's work that's you know try to stay away from that kind of
2: yeah stuff, so. i think i think yeah. I think as authors like i hope that we do that in the story as well like i know we we write to a genre and we sort of try and hit certain tropes but i hate to think that it was interchangeable <laughs> like we are trying yeah, to yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah 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 that that's
4: right I, i'm reading the book um uh, purple cow i can't remember yeah, the Seth, name of the author yeah yeah, same. Yeah. and that same yeah. principle, you know, you're in a field full of brown cows, and you want to be that purple cow. And yeah, so for me, exactly. making my book covers for my authors, you know, I want to make sure that they stand out um, from the rest of their competition. Because if they're successful, I'll be successful. Yeah, uh, on the back end of it, you know. So <laughs> that, that's my my back my self motivation behind ever ever cover. So for for those yeah. listeners out there, uh,
2: I'd recommend any Seth Godin book. They're all pretty amazing. But the purple cow one is if you go past a field and there's a, a purple cow. You're gonna tell your friends that you saw a purple cow and it's like it, you wanna stand out in a way. Um, yeah, but I mean it is go on, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, so you said um you're talking about lessons learned from when you when you first started. What uh what would you tell yourself who's about to do their first cover or about to get in this business? What would what lessons would you give to them? Um
1: the
4: first thing I would tell myself is that yes it's possible for you to take this little little idea you have and and turn it into a a business that will sustain yourself um my second thing would be uh exposure exposing yourself you know and i I think it probably parallels being a writer exposing yourselves to other uh other artists other other media other any type of creative uh thing you can expose yourself to uh, that can only help you do better uh, as a, as uh, as a writer, or as an, or as me as a cover artist. I mean, yeah. watching the opening credits for movies, I've gotten inspired from, from that before, you know, just by how they're handled. And I think, Oh man, I could do that. You know, I could, I could take that and do this with it on a book cover, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, th- you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, just ex- exposing myself uh, to all types of art and building my resource library. Uh, at first, when I first started book covers, man, I didn't want to spend money on buying, any type of graphics or buying any type of of photography. I always try to find the free stuff and do it as cheap as possible. (laughs) And and, in my early, my early work, it shows, you know, you can see where I I just, you know, I can can see where my covers weren't as strong as they are now, but now that I've invested into my business and invested into uh, all that I do, I, I have a quite a library of, uh, all types of graphics, images, and uh, effects, and you know, you name it. I've, I've probably got it in my on my server. So.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's,
4: it seems as sort of two approaches to a
3: lot of the creative arts, which is one, you either somehow have the financial backing, you just jump straight in and do it, and just take that risk, or two, like you sound like you did yourself, and like me and Luke are doing at the minute, is just build that up gradually. I mean, at any point, do you re- regret not jumping into it now that you've seen how successful you have? Been in your book covers, or would you sort of always recommend that gradual scope into it for people?
4: Uh, I, for me, it's been best to do it like this. It's kind of, it's it's not been good for my my sleeping hours because I've been <laughs> I, 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 I work a full time job. I come home, yeah. and I got my, my my family, and at ten o'clock at night, I go to work and I work from about ten to two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, so I, I, and that's about every night, and it's been like that way for about two years now, or about a year and a half. And so, um, that, that part has sucked, but, you know, a year and a half ago, I don't think I was ready mentally or physically to, to, or just, you know, or I guess even emotionally to step out and and take the plunge. Cause I'm a cautious person, you know, I've I've got my family to worry about. I worry about them, you know, not being supported by me and my my wife works, you know, and she, and she, she works, she does better than I do. Um, and she's self-employed herself, but, uh, she, but uh, I was just I, I never wanted to be a burden. So for me it had to be yeah. a gradual process. I I couldn't I couldn't rip it off like the band-aid. And yeah. so um I wish I would have done it two or three months ago, but you know, I'm I'm here now at the point where I'm like I've got two or three more days left of my job. Yeah. And and I'll be I'll be free. So
3: Oh, that's got a bit exciting. Yeah. So how, it, how do you feel your life
4: changing from
3: sort of like you say, where you have been at for the last two years into going full time now? Do you see sort of a dramatic impact on the hours that you use? Are you sort of scared that it might be such a big change that I don't know. It's difficult to get into that pattern because everyone seems to approach going into full time differently. Have you got any sort of? How are you feeling about the whole transition?
4: Uh, I'm excited and I'm a little terrified uh, again because I, I just you know I worry about the money. And I worry about the book covers you know keeping yeah. and coming in is, is my biggest thing. And I'm I'm booked up for a couple months in advance already, um, so I know what I've got coming. So I know I'm okay. I can I can I'll, I'll survive at least to the end of the year probably. Um, but I do worry that, you know, all of a sudden one day, nobody will just hire me again and, and that'll be it. And I'll have to go try and find a, a job back in the, in, in the normal, uh, normal work environments. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but, I mean, yeah, even it's, if it's, that yeah.
2: happens, like you're not any worse than you were before, do you know what I mean? Like you are still sort of move yeah. forward in a way.
4: Um, yeah, that's right. And yeah. my biggest motivation, um, really has been, uh, my kids, you know, um, I, I hope that when they get up, they grow up. They they do whatever they want to, pursue whatever dream they want to. But I want to be able to look at them as a father and say, you know, I pursued my dream. I took a chance. I tried it, even though yeah. I might fall on my face. Yeah, you know, I tried it, and that's the biggest part of, of it all. That, all, that, that all, all works. That
2: all works well until they say, "I want to be Batman," <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. You have to fund your Batmobile or whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Uh, so you're gonna be going to the full-time uh, cover designer business soon. Uh, what what is your ideal working day gonna look like now? Because you're gonna have so much more free time to do more covers and and whatever else. What's that gonna look like for you?
4: Right now, it's it's you know I I was worried that I wouldn't be disciplined enough to get up because I've had a few times I'm, I'm doing part time right now my full time mm. job so I do two days a week there okay. and three yeah. days a week at home, and so I was worried that you know, the lazy man in me would be like, oh, I'll just sleep till 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning and, and then I'll get to work. Yeah. But, you know, I've done really well. Uh, I've gotten up. Uh, I get my kids ready. My, my wife leaves a little early, so I get my, my, my kids ready. I take them to my my mom's house. She's my full-time babysitter. And um, then I come back and I, I go back to work. I get to work, you know. I, I I can do probably almost triple the amount of work I could do wow. before, yeah. which I, got, I could do two or three books. I could do two or three covers a, a week. Part time or, yeah, well, I'll take that back, maybe two a week. Um, and now I can do probably six to eight a week with me doing having 40 hours of, 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 of time to put to it. So, yeah. um, eight to five is, is kind of my, that's what I've been used to for 10 years. Yeah. So I plan on keeping my eight to five hours um, and, and, and hopefully going to bed at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night versus uh, getting up and or staying up and, and working. So I'm interested What
2: what does the process look like before you? like dive into Photoshop or whatever. So do you have like a routine? Do you put music on? Do you drink, make some coffee? How does that look like for you?
4: Uh, I put on uh, Netflix. Um, I just, I I, I watch sitcoms right now. I'm going through cheers.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm Uh, on about
4: three, you know, it's about 11 next. And after that, I'm going into Frasier because, you know, that's a spinoff show. Yeah. Um, But uh, I just, I, I let that play in the background, let those people talk and stuff. And I don't really follow it, but that, that plays. Um, i sometimes i just have an idea in my head and i'll just go ahead and go straight into photoshop other times um i do word bubbles where i just write mm. down concepts or words i think that relate to the, the book or what me and author have discussed and try to put concepts and then and, and things like that together before I, I get started
2: yeah okay yeah so uh what are the tools of the cover designers trade like what what application do you use like a graphics tablet and that kind of thing
4: yeah, I've got the just a little uh, Wacom tablet that I use for any kind of accurate work I need to get done. Um, I use Photoshop primarily for for the final compositing. Yeah. Um, I also use some 3D rendering software that I've been working with for about a, about about a year and I, or about a half a year now or thereabouts, where I can you know where I render out uh, people and that kind of stuff. And the yeah. trick there is to make sure they don't look computer generated or or you know yeah. real crappy looking. Yeah, you know, but uh, but it's it's some good software. So a lot of times, um, you know, especially once you get in Photoshop, you can get some lighting in there and that kind of stuff, and it, and and it really doesn't show up much as a as computer and computer generated work. So.
2: Are any of your designs on your website using that that software? Uh, of yeah, the the, of it. the
4: the very first one on my uh, photo based one is called Horns of Ruin.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah,
4: yeah. That's that's all. That's all. There's no photos used in that. Um, wow. not yeah. at
2: all. So yeah. if if you're listening you should go to uh, and just check out because I saw a few of these and I was like I wonder how they made yeah. how they made them cuz like yeah, a, yeah. A, a lot of cover designers look because i see i like the um you know they, they hire a model or something and i don't think that, I, don't, yeah, I always yeah. feel like they look a little bit forced but these ones where i don't I, I i didn't know how you were doing them but they look amazing they look very i don't know i don't really know how to describe but it's, it's a very cool look um
4: yeah That's fantastic yeah and what's the, the next there? one over is that like a, uh it's called a daz d-a-z 3d daz. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's almost like a, uh, almost like a, a stock photo website, but you're buying, you buy, uh, 3d elements that cool. you, that you yeah. can compile together to make, you know, you can make your figures from there. Uh, the very next one, safe Haven, I think, or it's the second or third one. It's got the zombies on it reaching up. That yeah. one yeah. also, yeah. um, again, that one has the, the, the cities in the background, those two buildings, that's the only photos that were used in the, in it, the rest of it's, uh, brushes and, yeah. uh, just, uh, silhouettes
2: Jeez. next in yeah that very nice.
3: very cool yeah um I, I i'm in awe of artists just in general because I, I don't it's just a whole area <laughs> that i've never understood <laughs> yeah but um, yeah. my my next question i've got kind of two parts to it because it's kind of timely i had him um, a an artist friend contact me the other day basically talking about getting into book cover design and kind of whether that's an angle that it's worth him looking at because he's he's got a very um I'd kind of fit him in non-fiction slash kid books, depending on what, what he goes for. But my kind of question for um, this is, number one, how did you find, or how would you describe the genres that your books tend to fit, sort of primarily who what they fit? And two, how did you go about finding that genre or, or fitting within that genre itself?
4: Um, my main genres are going to be probably fantasy, sci-fi, uh, some thrillers crime stuff that kind of thing um i do do some nonfiction work um uh, and they're they're on my website too just they're mixed in down there um finding the work uh has been mainly word of mouth i mean i don't turn a job down uh for the most part i mean there's there ever author that's ever contacted me if they said yes to working with me then i said yes to working with them and i and i still do that so uh, I've done romance novels and that kind of stuff, but uh, word of mouth because a lot of a lot of authors, you know, are friends with other authors. that are in the same genre, so yeah. uh, you know, so and so wrote a fantasy book, and and he likes my work. Well, he recommends it to the next guy down the line. He does fantasy, and you know, and it kind of just kind of trickles on down from there. Um, what was the first part of the question? <laughs> like I think so I it skipped was, it. I don't even
3: know. What, was it? <laughs> so it was, um, what genre would you say is say you? I think you answered that one, but then the
2: second <laughs> oh. one was um,
3: how. I've completely how, how,
2: how does someone um work That's out it. how to fit in that genre is that right so like
4: if I yeah was, it's based on I someone's art write, style yeah
2: yeah how do you uh absorb
4: that skill I
2: mean, <laughs> that, that, that style i guess
4: um really i mean if, if 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 his work fits you know already the nonfiction or the uh the, you know the kids just taking your friend for example mm-hmm. if his work fits uh that those genres um Doing mock ups, um, doing that kind of stuff that, you know, that already makes it look like it's legitimately there for that genre yeah. is 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 how you kind of start molding your stuff to fit that. I guess is what I would, is, is, is the way to answer that. I mean, if he doesn't have anybody that he's working with right now, or, or for me, if I wanted to break into romance, I don't have a lot of romance authors. So what I would do is, you know, I know I can probably fit the romance style or I know I can probably achieve that style. Then I would just go to you know Google, type in Im- romance novel imagery. Um, for me, my big thing would be trying to figure out a way to make mine stand out from the other generic romance novels that you see with the bare-chested men or the half-naked <laughs> ladies or yeah. whatever. You know, um, I'd be trying again, like like the like the purple cow says, trying to find a way to make my stuff the purple cow. Purple make so people. Can, you know, <laughs> there you go you know, what how can i make mine different but it still fits yeah. the genre you know yeah. so um yeah. and, and, if, and if he already lends toward those those types um you know it'd be just a matter of just modifying your work putting typography on it and and and, and creating mock-ups or samples that you've done you know of of work you've done yeah um to, to show people so
2: okay dude so first question uh what's your favorite font
4: oh man uh it's
2: (laughs) i'm just interested i've uh i I like you know good fonts and uh my favorite take on that would be
4: it's probably going to be uniform Uniform. it's probably the one uniform it's just it's called i I can't remember the guy who who did it but it's called uniform it's a sans serif um it's kind of like helvetica you yeah. know it's just a just a simple nice. uh, Solid. beautiful font yeah yeah it's got a um it's got three different weights one's regular one's condensed and one extra one's extra condensed so it works really well for novels because if, you know if i get a long title you know i can go ahead and use the extra condensing and, and kind of fit it all in there if i have to yeah uh, or novel title i mean um yeah. but i, I mean my yeah my favorite
2: I, question ever asked on this podcast i'm gonna ask everyone yeah from now on. yeah uh, Dan, what's yeah. your favorite font do you have a favorite
3: oh my favorite one I was actually asked um, if I was a font the other day what font would I be um, oh, I think I went with Myriad Pro I'm not Pro, sure why so. I've just been yeah. using that a lot lately for um, yeah. just some serif bits Just it's just yeah. quite smart but it's not too classical yeah
2: Yeah. how, how about you Luke <laughs> well quite uh, is it Nevis <laughs> I like Nevis because I think it's it's kind of uh, solid and classic but is like a little bit different like I said but I also like Bebas New and I've used that a few times
3: yes yeah that's one of them that's one of our standard ones at work
2: yeah i think it's i think it might be getting overused now but um but it is a good font i'm not too sure Uh,
4: well one thing that surprised me as a graphic designer is as i've grown and i've learned fonts i've learned to hate certain fonts yeah and so when i see them used in in real life or used in certain situations or just just recognizing fonts in general like oh i know what that font is but then i see ones that i know that I, i don't like like uh uh bleeding cowboys have you, have you ever I've heard of that seen font? that one yeah yeah oh my god I, I used whatever. it for
2: something as well like years ago <laughs> because when you first like using fonts it's like oh that's interesting that's cool but yeah, it is overused yeah
4: yeah yeah I, I, And then when i first saw it i was like that's so awesome and i used it <laughs> yeah. for like one thing and then i guess I, I, as I as i grew as a designer or just as my opinions changed and i'm not saying it's a bad font yeah. it's just not my style <laughs> font you know yeah, yeah. um and so I, I see it and i go i kind of cringe when i see uh, see that font used uh, nowadays
2: yeah is it the fact yeah. that like when you first get into it like you're looking for sort of like flamboyant like cool looking fun and then like as you get as you sort of use more and more of this kind of stuff you kind of realize they're kind of garish it's kind of like yep. someone wearing like a pimp suit where they just need like a <laughs> nice like pinstripe sort of suit but um yeah okay so the the second question uh what makes for a bad color like what are the things that you just should not do or should be looking out for if you're gonna hire a designer
4: um, uh, too many concepts on one cover. Yeah, uh, I guess that'd be a, a kind of a higher, I guess, or a higher thought. Bleeding I, Cowboys uh, fun. Point. Yeah, yeah bleeding yeah. <laughs> Cowboys don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but just you know, people try to cram uh, yeah. uh all, all, their whole story onto the cover, you know, because they think you know my customer will see it and they'll instantly get it and and that's what you know and and I'll make my sale that way, but you know, trying to yeah. cram all the things uh, from the book into and on onto one cover. You know that kind of stuff. Um, too many imagery, too much imagery. Uh, I think you know, simple concepts, simple imagery. Even if it's going to be a complex scene that's happening on the on the cover, still just a simple, uh, simple, clear scene. You know, um, know what you're going to focus on. Uh, also, competing elements. Um, a lot of the times, I see authors who have, um, or if they do their own covers, or even designers who do it. Um, their title will match the same size as almost their author font and it'll match almost the same size as their, their imagery, whatever it may be. It'll, you know, d- there's no, there's no hierarchy in it.
1: Okay. Um, and yeah. again,
4: that's kind of a, that's, again, that's not something that a normal author would, I guess, think about as far as it goes. Yeah. Um, clip art, anything like that. To, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't go with that. Um, stay with and and I, I try to stay away from stock photos for the most yeah. part um you know a lot of the covers i deal in there's stock photos but it's stock photos everybody uses because you know with fantasy there's not that many stock photos available that are really good and so um i, I try to stay away from just slapping a stock photo on a on a cover and yeah. and slapping type on it and, and being done with it um but i mean yeah. a lot of authors could get away with that and be just fine um yeah we but, came across that uh, quite recently when um we were
3: putting one of our our first books together it was a uh, Despite the incredible number of stock photos up online, it just seemed that we picked like a zombie picture for um, our first book they wrote. And yeah. the minute we were like, oh, we, we posted it up online and said, we're announcing this could potentially be a cover. What do people think? And every comment was this picture used on like a, a band poster or another book or somewhere else. And I was like, I can't believe how many people literally had that picture. Yeah, yeah. To suffice yeah. to say, we didn't use it in the end.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if 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 an author's going to do something like that, my my best uh, suggestion would be to do a Google image search of it, you know, mm-hmm. before you use it, and you can see, you know, if it's been used before and that kind of stuff. Um, because again, you know, if you're, if it's, especially if it's a really specific genre, there's not that much out there.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: you know, so.
2: So uh, a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are authors, and they sort of want to, you know, get their books out there and, and, and that kind of thing. I mean, what should they be looking for in a cover designer, if not like using yourself? Um, is, I is you. feel of, free to plug uh, yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, so go for it, yeah. Uh, yeah
4: no. uh, I'm, I'm t- I think uh, communication and flexibility are the two main things that I, you know, that I, I try to stand by as a, a cover designer. Um, if you email me, I'm gonna try to email you within 12 hours or less, or within, even within two or three hours, I'll try to email you back. Even if it's just to say, Hey, I got this. Um, I, I got it. I'll get back to you in a little bit or whatever, you know, just let them know that I'm there. Cause I've re- I've, I've, I've heard tons of authors who say they, you know, their cover designer flaked out on them
1: and hmm. they haven't
4: heard back from them, you know, in, in two or three days. And, and sometimes it's just laziness, you know? So, um, I guess if, if you reach out to a cover designer, you know, how fast they respond, um you know their, their flexibility as far as just uh how they handle Which you wouldn't know this as an, an author until you got into it with them but after the first proof or your first initial thoughts and you give them changes you know how they respond to changes sometimes when i hear changes from an author i might not agree with them but you know i, I have to take them into consideration because they're the one paying me in yeah. the end you know and and, and, and so i want to make the best cover i can for them so i may have to say well the reason i did this is because of this but still taking taking criticism. Yeah. Um. Is, is big. You know. But it, uh, you wouldn't know that without actually getting into it with a with a designer first. But, um, wow. their communication, I think, would probably be the, the best thing. Because if they're fast to reply, they seem friendly in their in their their talk with you. Um. Just kind of getting a feel for them while you you know in their context of their language back to you. You know. Um. Is 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 my biggest uh flag. Because I I do that with 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 customers. Like I yeah. said, I haven't ever turned down a client. Um, but I could tell some of my potential clients that might be problematic just by how I was talking to them and how they responded back to me with, with some of the, the words they use, how they use their language and that kind of stuff. You know, you can see red flags. Um, so I would take that and, and apply that to your hunt for a cover designer. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you have any tricks for, um, for new authors that have
3: never worked with a cover designer before? because one of the big things that we've um, just had a cover done and we we, we use 99designs and put it out there. Yeah. But yeah. when we put the brief out there, we got a lot of ideas come back. that I think me and Luke had quite a strong idea of what we were looking for in our head and none of the designs that came back were what we were looking for, but they were still fantastic and we've gone with one of them in the end. Yeah. But do you have any advice for people who want to maybe dip their toe into looking for someone to do their cover, but obviously sometimes... Hundred two hundred dollars is quite a lot of money to commit to. Is there a way to kind of dip your feet in the water and find out the best designers around there without having to pay that lump money up
4: front? Uh really? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. No. I see what you're saying. I mean, because as a as a first time author, you want to make sure you, you get a cover that you like, mm. and you know you 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 want to uh, make sure it's a it's it's a cover that's going to sell your book. And you want to you get, it's, it's just like anybody else. You know, you want to get the high quality for the best price that you can get it. You know, the best quality, best price, all that kind of stuff. It's about tr- finding that medium. Um, first time authors, uh, definitely ask your, you know, ask your, your author friends if you got them. You know, who they used. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it'd be, I don't think it would be uncouth to ask an author, you know, how much they paid for. At least I wouldn't yeah. think in it because, I mean, you know, it's not like they're, you're asking them anything that's that's kind of rude or anything, or I wouldn't take it that way. Um, but uh, asking your authors, I mean, a lot a lot of designers have their prices posted already, so you can kind of see what you know you might be having to bite off with. Um, pre-made covers are a, a, a decent route to go um, because what you your know. You can, on pre made I, I I'm actually about to launch that part of my website is, is our yeah. pre-made section. Yeah, that that's coming up in the next next couple of weeks um i like them i i understand you know they're they're also they're always a little bit less expensive um you can kind of see what you're getting ahead of time and you, go, you already know if you're going to like it or not because you're obviously interested in it or you're not interested in it um but you know again this, the pre made run into the whole thing of the person who designed it tried probably tried to design it as fast as they can to get it up so that you know to, just because they don't know if they're going to sell it or not so while you know some of them don't want to put the time and effort you know, into, um, into it. So, I mean, again, you can search pre-made there, there's tons of, of all, people who do them and some people do them tremendously well. Um, but yeah, the, the pre-made thing, I, I think they're a fine way to get into it. I think they're a fine way for a first time author to kind of get a cover that they, that they might like. And then they can kind of branch out from there. I mean, the 99 designs things, uh, I, I saw that on Facebook, you guys mentioned it. And then I remember when I mentioned it earlier in the session, I thought, Oh, I think they just used it. Cause I think I saw their, their, their poll up um you know (laughs) that's not necessarily uh it's a i got my start there so i mean i owe a lot to 99 designs and a lot of the customers that i still use um uh came from 99 designs about i I probably got a handful of them that still use me you know that came from that site um the the trouble with that is on the designer end you know you can put Mm -hmm. a lot of time and effort into something and then you you know it's not a payoff so i mean you know if, if you wrote your if you wrote a book and you wouldn't like it if a customer yeah, yeah, yeah. got to read fifty books and then decide which one they want to pay for. So yeah. I mean, that's, there's
3: that's there's, an, there's an exploitative element to it.
4: That, yeah. that sure is. Yeah. You know, I mean, but again, for a for a, I, I wouldn't necessarily not recommend it for a first time designer to get into because again, it's competition. You know, you constantly have work to kind of to kind of try. You know, there was always book covers being posted there. Uh, on that site and, I, and i'm sure it's the same way on other crowd websites where they're they probably all offer the same thing you know book covers logos whatever um so i mean as you know for a designer to cut their teeth yeah you know it's not a bad thing and I, I know a lot of designers absolutely can't stand those types of sites but um like i said i owe a lot to that especially on design because that's the one i use yeah. i owe a lot to that kind of or that that format of site because I, I may never have gotten into book cover design um without my first year or two spending there um getting book covers and, and winning the contest and, 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 and building up some of my clientele from that. Um but I mean uh the pre made thing I think if you if you didn't want to try the nine nine designs or the sites like that, pre made's would be would be a good start because you can because there is oh, there's always some um uh the uh changes you can do. You can say, you know, I want to change mm-hmm. the, the font to this or change the title. There's you know, so they can get some interaction with the designer and see how they how they react and how they you know just to get the, their feet wet into it just to get the experience of of it and it's really not that hard i mean you know you just email somebody hey you'll do my cover and then yeah. you know go out yeah. and, hey, and the, pri-
2: the price the prices has always seemed pretty great to me for premades um for the quality of cover you get rather than sort of doing your own word art bleeding cowboys design yeah like, you, <laughs> it's, it, yeah me. you can always the, the premades are like they always are pretty good to me i've always been pretty tempted as well um yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah,
2: I I did
3: find with um, I don't know if this is the same for you, Luke, but now that we have done the ninety-nine designs, and because Lazarus was a was a very specific idea, I'm not sure what kind of genre it was going to fit in or where it was going to look at working. And obviously, we were trying to get that on quite a quick turnaround. But I am at a point where I feel like I'm beginning to become more aware of certain cover designers, certain companies, and I do want to get start getting some of that custom stuff in there and and really roll with it. Just I don't know, it seems to come off. You get a lot more unique designs, and they seem to be a lot better when you actually go straight to source and and look at the things the companies other people are using.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you sort of you get a layer of the land, don't you? You sort of really oh, I like Mm. that guy. I really want to use him at some point. You know what I mean? Like you sort of build up a thing of like a wish list of uh, of designers and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. And and really, you know, people, you know, they like relationships. So I mean, you know, if you if you branch into that, you know, getting into the 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 specific cover designers, you know, I'm friends with a lot of my um, my my design my authors that I've been doing work with for two or three years on Facebook, we chat, we you know mention random things to each other and that kind of stuff. you know there's a lot of them like I said that I that you know i've I've done work for them, I've talked about their kids, they've sent me photos of their babies and you know <laughs> all, 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 you know all kind of stuff so I mean the relationship aspect of it you know has been um, has been you, you, uh, interesting to me to see develop over over yeah, a period yeah. of time and I can see where as an author, you know, it's kind of like I don't know anybody in that field, so I don't know what to do. You know, you can go to Google and just type in, you know, cover designers, and you're going to get stuff popped up. But you know, you don't, you know, have that. Um, I guess that initial. It's kind of like a dance
1: yeah, when all the yeah. girls
4: are on one side, and all the boys are on the other side. <laughs> you know, you're getting out there and, and mingling around, and it's hard to get those those first steps going. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So we've got not got too many questions left before we go into the the quickfire round. Um, so I just want to quickly ask you. Uh, when when I say successful creative, uh, who comes to mind and why?
4: Uh, and uh, somehow I look up to is uh, Gene Gene Maliki. If I'm saying Gene his Maliki. last name right, yeah, and and uh, he's a cover designer. So I mean, you know, he's right in my field or or whatever. But yeah. uh, he he's like the high end. You know, you see his stuff on, on Barnes and Noble uh, out and that kind of stuff. You know, and he actually hires. He hires models to come in. He has a wow. uh, costume yeah. team that, that that's, Taylor makes every costume for every cover. You know, there's no telling what he charges. I would love to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, his, he's always been uh, an inspiration to me as far as it goes, just, just seeing his work. And, I mean, and his work really isn't – it's not necessarily it's, – it's just good stuff. I mean, it's custom work. You know, it's custom yeah. – custom you know custom photography and that kind of stuff now i don't want to get into the photography side of it but Mm. just his work has always been you know inspiring uh mark e Cobb is another uh designer a cover designer that i really look up to he does a lot of more a lot more metaphorical work uh or for literary type novels and that kind of stuff you know so he he doesn't do a lot of uh, photos for anything but just his work is always um super smart and super um you know uh, i guess next level or high level thinking concepts for the cover you know so um, I, I always appreciate his work, you know. Cool.
2: Okay, so if everything you ever made got burned and became corrupt and you didn't have a proper, back, <laughs> proper backup solution in place and it all disappeared except for one image or what one cover, um, which cover would that be and, and, and why? Um,
4: well, it's actually a cover that hadn't been released yet. Um, okay. It's not coming out till yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to tell you to go look for it. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it's, it's an image I did, um, of a, a fantasy woman, uh, just in a normal fan, like in a, in a, in a, armor outfit. And she's just standing over this, this dead guy and, um, you know, where that she's, she's slayed him or whatever. And, you know, I did that, I did that piece about, uh, three or four months ago and, um, I shared it online with some people and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I did it actually just as artwork just for, for the fun of it. Yeah. But, um, uh, it's all, it's, it's the phone, it's the wallpaper to my phone um i just uh i for me to do it when i got done with it i I told my wife i was like man this is it this is it this is what (laughs) this is what i want to do this is where i want to go this you know this this was kind of a a culmination uh piece for me you know and it's really really simple but um but yeah i mean when i I finished it you know and i think that would be my motivating piece to to let me know that i can i can get back to this point you know i I can get there you know just that one you pin up on the wall yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah.
4: that's cool man
3: Look into the future, is it just book covers you're looking at or do you tend do you, um intend to sort of go into other mediums, other different things?
4: Uh, for the foreseeable future it's 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 gonna be book covers. Like I said, I'm, I'm gonna branch into the pre made covers a little bit. Um I'm I'm probably gonna stick more towards specific pre made's, uh like uh, fantasy pre made and that kind of stuff so that yeah, because there's not a lot of good fancy pre-made covers out there. But mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that. Uh, I I want to get into interior design layouts for the inter- inside of books.
1: Yeah. You know,
4: because yeah. um, I, I I know how to do that already. I just haven't ever really uh, tried it with an actual author or anything like that.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, and I I wrote down I've got a I've got a, a a list of ideas I have for my business. And the other day I wrote down book cover trailers like you know yeah, doing the you know for videos yeah. and and I, and I see i see more and more authors using that kind of stuff and um i would like to uh might branch into that but for the most part if it's, it's gonna be book cover related that's my foreseeable future book cover related items so
2: cool, cool.
4: i'd love to know how effective book book cover trailers are because i keep seeing them
3: pop up but no one ever shares the results of whether or not they get any sales from them I think yeah
2: of- yeah i think I think one of the things is that it's a lot, a lot cheaper to run Facebook ads for videos than images Mm -hmm. now because less people are doing it. So I think that's one of the reasons that people are doing it more and more. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. uh, Brandon Sanderson's new novel is coming out and he, and and he had a book cover trailer. It just revealed the cover. That's all it did. You know, there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything to it other than just, you know, the reveal of the cover. But, um, I thought it was super cool, you know, and I thought, you know, how can I, I take that and make it, you know, make it mine? How could, how could I, you, I let that inspire
2: you me? She should do, do the, the Avengers own, right? Infinity War thing where it's like your TV, <laughs> your computer screen, but like a dodgy camera, like a fuzzy yeah. sort of reveal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then someone's Just leaked. Yeah. Someone's le- <laughs> yeah. so my wife leaked the fucking cover. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: Okay, right. cool.
2: Uh, yeah, so um, we got the quick fire round for you and then. We uh then I'm gonna eat some dinner. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, shepherd's pie, if you're interested. Okay, are you ready? I'm I'm ready. Go on, now. What,
4: what is it? You, you just ask me random questions and I just answer them. I mean.
2: Yeah, you've got like five seconds to answer each of these questions. Oh
4: my god! All right, nothing
2: too probing,
3: nothing too scary. Nothing too
2: probing. Yeah. Okay, Dan, right. do, you, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first this time. Okay. Okay, The Beatles or Slipknot? Slipknot. Would you rather live in a world where you're constantly bored or constantly bombarded with entertainment? Bored. <laughs> Your horror or superhero film? Superhero. Aquaman or The Submariner? Submariner. Nice. The last book or comic you read?
4: Uh, last book I read? Uh, Shadowless by Stuart Thurman.
2: Uh The one person you'd want to meet?
4: Uh, Denzel Washington what's your biggest hobby outside of design um oh uh, i don't i don't even know if i have one anymore <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with my kids
2: okay uh, beer or whiskey
3: whiskey what was the worst birthday present you ever received i
4: like this question <laughs> oh um <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Because I, actually, I can't remember hardly any of them.
2: That is that, is, that uh, has got a few people. That's a stickler because that's something yeah. you have on your like on your mind. mind yeah,
4: yeah. And this is like a, this is like recorded a lot, or this is recorded. This is on the record. Yeah, I don't want to say <laughs> something. Like yeah, I got an origami swan one time. An origami swan, and I don't understand. Yeah. did I
2: understand? I don't. I don't see you I think. I bet that guy likes origami swans. But no uh,
1: no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. one of
3: one uh, of one of my, my favourite gift giving things I've ever heard. Sorry, just cut. do you want to do the last question first and then I'll it? No, sorry,
2: all right, you go for that.
3: I oh, know, it was um my sister, bless her, she won't listen to the show, but if she does, hi Becky. Um for Valentine's Day she once got given a peg that said I love you on it. Just yeah. a wooden peg said I love you on the side.
2: Wow. Wow. In yeah. pen in like pen. Someone's written it on just a passive. This is like a biro. I a like that. Tag. It's like an anti present. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. There you so, go. <laughs> I hang up my laundry. Yeah. So um the last question of the quick round, the last question of the show. Uh where can we follow you in your work?
4: Uh any social media outlet for the most part. My tag is always gonna be J. Caleb Design, all one word. Uh just J. Design, Twitter, Facebook. Um, Instagram, or uh, internet jacobdesign.com, uh, Gmail okay. <laughs> jacobdesign at gmail.com. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. just uh, you type that in, you're gonna find, you're gonna find them. So, so uh, like that's deliberate.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I've got to say, uh, you guys should really check out uh, Jay's work. It's really cool. We 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 personally would love to work with him at some point. I think we've got some ideas we'd like to send to you pretty soon if you're interested. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, we <laughs> go to website, go to website, check his stuff out um a quick thanks to disaster P's for the intro and outro music ACast for hosting the podcast to listeners for listening uh patrons at patreon.com uh forward slash short and cleaver and thanks to dan my co-host for being here because without you i would be alone and um thanks again to jay thanks man hey
4: thank i, I appreciate you guys having me on i really do appreciate it's it, been it. Really uh, fun. Uh, it's been really, really fun yeah i'm honored you got asked me thank you guys so much
2: no worries all right
3: we hope you enjoyed this episode of the story studio podcast still hungering for
2: some podcast goodness then why not check out our other show the other stories oh and did you know every time you leave us a review in the itunes store a puppy is born
3: cute eh anyway toodle pip